It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Lovely ball that drops to Forster Casket. He's set to get it on his way and he's beaten the offside trap. Edge of the penalty area. Oh, and it's over the bar. With only the keeper to beat. Irwin, edge of the penalty area. Gets it across here to Taylor. Comes back on his right foot. Goes back into the middle. It's a step shot. And it's found the back of the net. And the left-hand corner. I'm trying to see who struck it. It could well have been Banks. Peter, uh, Peter Clark had gone away for a Charlton corner. Looked to me from behind. The ball was heading to the top right-hand corner. So Charlton have the corner. And Peter Clark puts it away from another Charlton corner as the, uh, the pressure mounting is cut away by, I think that was Peter Clark, and it's away for another Charlton corner. It's back in on his right foot, chips it back across, and it's headed away by Clark before it can get to McGuinness, and Charlton have another corner. There'll be a corner on this side. Cannon the ball into the penalty area. Ends up coming off Hunt, and it's a uh, corner to Charlton. So it's chip ball back into the box, cut out by Hunt, and Charlton will have another corner. Wide right is Ricky Holmes. Ricky Holmes tries to cross it in. Again, it slams off Hunt, and again, it's a Charlton corner. Outside of him is Chickson, and he just overran it slightly, but the ball will run back to Forster Casque, who gets the ball into the box. Holmes is there. Surely that's a penalty. That has to be a penalty. He's hauled down in the box. It's Chris Solly who fell out of his home. How is that not a penalty? Goes past his man. And uh, that man being McLaughlin just gets a toe in and puts it out for a chop corner. A run, Holmes tries to get the ball across. It's defended away by McLaughlin and it's away for another chop corner. Pretty sure that was Gerard. Flicked it away from any advancing red shirt and out for a corner on the opposite side. And it's another scramble ball away and Charlton have another corner. And in it comes. The referee doesn't allow it to. Charlton has succumbed to a 1 0 defeat here. Another corner to Charlton. Still winning corners now as we speak. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is uh, is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad, thanks, Louis. Yeah, not bad. Uh, enjoy enjoyed the corners on on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Flaggy would have enjoyed it if he was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, would have been a big, a big day big, for his, big day for his Oldham counterpart, wouldn't he? And uh, joining the pair of us, uh, Nathan Muller, how are you doing, Nathan? How's it going, fam? Yeah, blood. <laughs> Living a dream, blood. Yeah. I thought yeah. I saw you on Arsenal fan TV last yeah, night. Yeah, blood. Excellent stuff, <laughs> right? It is fun. <laughs> well, that corner thing was hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, we there. Yeah, so yeah, on tonight's game, on tonight's show, we are going to look back at Tuesday night's uh, defeat on goals scored, but emphatic win on corners forced uh, up at Oldham Athletic. One uh, 0 defeat, Ollie Banks with the early goal. Uh, we're, that was on Tuesday on Valentine's Day. We're also going to find out what happens when you uh, decide to treat your other half to a, uh, a romantic trip to Oldham to on Valentine's Day. So find out how that goes. Uh, going to hear from Corbs and then uh, just a few bits of news around the club. We're going to talk about, and then of course we're going to look ahead to Saturday's uh, game uh, back in Greater Manchester, just seven miles away from uh, from Oldham uh, at Rochdale. Uh, which uh, all three of us are going to, which is very rare for an away game. We can all make it, so it's something to look forward to. Uh, Charlton live on tour, but uh, I mean, first things first. Obviously, we, we just heard there the uh, highlights of uh, of Tuesday night's game uh, up at Boundary Park. One 0 defeat, oh, nine points now. Is that it? Feels like, yeah. feels like it. Yeah, uh, we were saying before the show. I think it's going to take a winning run of five or six games in a row to to get ourselves realistically back in it. Um, and I don't at the moment don't think we've got that in us. Um, obviously, as I wasn't there, but um, was following on one of those like betting websites where they've got the little pitch, and the commentary pretty much summed up exactly what that it had: Charlton dangerous attack, Charlton corner, just over and over again. And 
we couldn't make it count. It's the same as plenty of games we've been in. We can get into that final third, but our end product is is very, very poor at the moment. And until we find a way around that, we're not going to be winning games. When, when, when Russell Slade came out to fume after we, we drew one all up at Port Vale, and one of the few actual real quotes we could get out of him that night was that we, we have to be ruthless and we're not. And, and that's how it's continued. I mean, how many, how many games have we actually created chances? I mean, I mean, on Tuesday we were creating half chances, forcing corners without creating too many proper chances in, in open play. Um, but, I mean, apart from, what, the Bristol Rovers games, home and away, how many, I mean, and maybe Shrewsbury at home, a couple of other games we've got three. Very rarely do we actually go on to get maybe even two goals. It seems it seems so rare that we go on and get a second goal in, yeah. in a game. Let alone obviously on <coughs> Tuesday we couldn't even get one. Yeah, I've, I saw a um, I saw a stat the other day. I don't know. I, I can't really remember it, but it was like since Robbo's been here, we've had like I don't know like twelve games and the goals scored and goals against was like twelve and fourteen or something like that. So it shows that we don't concede many, but we we just can't finish our dinner at the moment so it's just we just can't score and before like I was positive on Sunday we was here with Tell and I was saying you know I'll be positive going on a little winning run but if you're struggling to score even one goal from set pieces where I don't know if we're not practicing but how we cannot capitalise on at least one of those it's just beyond me and I think now um, the optimism is slowly draining away from me now but um, you know I'm still going to say not until not over till the fat lady sings. And that's yeah. not in direction to any woman. She's saying, she's saying <laughs> certainly clearing her throat now. Um, yeah, since Carl <laughs> since Carl's come in, uh, we've only scored more than one goal on on two occasions, and that's the two one win at Bolton and the four one win against mm. Bristol Rovers. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was sort of in. He was in. Uh, he was watching on a watching brief for Bristol Rovers away when we won by five goals to one. But you know, the, I mean, the, the, our our lack of ability to take chances was was clearly apparent after 16 seconds on Tuesday night and there's a good bit of battling in the middle ended up with Forster Kasky playing the ball over the top for Josh McGuinness now obviously this is a Josh McGuinness who's coming back from injury and I think this is his first start since his injury and mm. I guess if you're, if, if, if you're going to get a chance of that you're probably hoping it doesn't come within 16 seconds of your return from injury Yeah and I said the same about Novak at, at Wimbledon because obviously he missed a couple of good chances there and I said it might just come down to the fact that he hasn't had a lot of matches recently and I think it was the same same for Josh on Tuesday night. He, as you say, wants to feel his way back into fitness and back into into the match experience, and he wasn't able to do that. He had something straight away, and, and he couldn't capitalise on it. It's the same with Tony Watt against Fleetwood, where he blazed over when he when he should have scored, and you know those three chances. You look at just those three, and we would have been six six points, seven eight points, maybe better mm-hmm. off. So. Even just over those three games, there's three, four clear-cut chances mm. that could have made such a big difference. And you go back through the season, I'm sure there's plenty of games like that that we could tick off. And the point, I think, is that those teams at the top are able to take those extra chances even when they're struggling and, and we're not able to do that. Because I'm going to say that there must be other teams around who are sharing, sharing the league, mm. league position with us. You know, if you, look, if you look at the like of MK, Walsall and Oxford, who are the, who are the teams around us, I bet, they've, I bet they've got five or six chances that they should have put in but haven't. And and that's and that's why we're not consistent. We're not consistent with our finishing, and that's yeah. why we're where we are. Yeah, no, it's, <clears throat> it's hard to take. I mean, because in my opinion, you know, Big Josh, I'm a big fan of, which I think a lot of people know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Big Josh is a good player, but I don't think he's going to be that type to get us fifteen, mm. fifteen goals a season. I think he's going to get you maybe eight, nine, ten. You know, and the person, even though he wasn't cutting it, it was Nicky and. He's a player that you know. You throw a last dart. If you give him, give him a, give, give him the surface that he needs. I think he'll put it away. I just think we haven't got anyone now who can, who can, who's a finisher, who's a poacher. We've got mm. you know, Josh is a target man. Um, what's inside forward, and you know we've got Mavadidi, and but I don't think we've got that, that cutting edge, which is all plain to see that, which is where we are because our defence is great. We've always said that, but mm. it's, it's our finishing is just woeful because we're creating the chances, aren't we? So. Yeah, yeah. That's a disappointing thing. Sloppy, you, you talk about the defence. <coughs> sloppy at times on uh, mm. on on Tuesday night, especially in the in the first half. Early on, they got behind us a few times, but the, the goal came from. I think we sort of struggled to clear a, a ball into the box. I mean, it was it was, a, it was a wonderful finish by Ollie Banks, sort of with the outside of his right foot uh, beyond Declan Rudd, right in front of the two hundred or so Charlton fans who travelled. But you know, when, when, once you you take that blow, then you have to try and look to, to get back in the game. Obviously, the Josh McGuinness miss looks a lot worse after, mm. after you've just missed one there. But you know, just. <laughs> I, I, I think 
it's quite hard to describe exactly how the game went on Saturday because we did have spells of possession and spells of a lot of spells getting into their third. I mean, you're saying you were watching that like, app and all the time it seemed to be Charlton Always. dangerous attack, Always. Charlton corner, and um, that, that's what makes it so frustrating. I mean, you, you just mentioned then they've Steffi Mavadidi got his first start, his first ever senior start in football. That is because he's never played for Arsenal, right. you know, in, in the League Cup or anything like that, and. Um, uh, impressive running, running with the ball, setting up a few chances. I think uh, a couple for Jordan Botarka. But you know, it, it, it always just comes back to you know, it's all well and good playing well in, in, in the thirds, but when you get into the final third and, and you're not going to work the goalkeeper enough, then that's, you're going to have a problem. Mm. I think yeah, there's there's kind of two points off the back of that. The first is about the defence, and it has been good, and the numbers for that defence are very good. But again, if we've been at games. Uh, and actually watch the team I think we've seen how suspect they've been in recent weeks particularly since Pierce hasn't been there you know Bauer for all of his uh, his positives has looked a little bit shaky Tex we're not so sure about Cons are still young so there are still frailties there although the numbers look good and then as you say up the other end what's what's disappointing is the last two or three games we've conceded right at the end and not had a chance to come back and in this game we can see very early on and we've got basically an entire game to work ourselves back into it and we we just weren't able to do it and we are able to get into that final third i thought for the first 40 maybe 45 minutes against fleetwood we were we were boss in that game okay we weren't creating many chances but possession we i think i called it death by passing the sunday after because we just were in f- total control of game management we just can't get into that final third and create chances which is essentially the only bit that matters and we we can't do that yeah, and when we and when we do, we we make the wrong decision. I thought mm. that was personified perfectly, but uh, sort of midway through the first half, a superb run from Mavadidi sort of picked up the ball midway, sort of pretty much on the halfway line, ran with it for a few bodies, played it out wide to Bataka, who's, who's out on the right hand side of the penalty area, but he's got a clear shot on goal, and he decides to take a step over, and you probably see this one in the in the highlights. This gives the chance for the Oldham players to get back onto the line. Mm. And he shoots it towards goal. From my angle, it's hard to tell whether it's going to just uh, squeeze in at the, at the near post and obviously hit the defender went behind for a, one of our famous corners uh, but that, that just for me just sums up you know sometimes some of the decision making that, that we um, that, that we struggle with obviously the reason Jordan Botarka's in uh, is because it's a squad rotation uh, I saw a few people questioning the fact that Holmes wasn't in for the start but I think you know you, you think coming back from injury as he has done recently and do you think starting two games in, in, a, in a few days might have been a bit too much for him? Uh, possibly, but <clears throat> we've also got. I think we've got loads of other games. You know, we don't want to <clears throat> get him injured again or burn him out. Considering the run that we've um, that we've got, even though we're probably not going to be pushing for playoffs now, we've still got to play the games. Um, so yeah, I think it was. I think there was there had to come a point when Cole did have to rotate and qu- rotate quite heavily. But um, I mean, when I first when I first saw the team, you know, it was it was. No, it was different, but it, ne- it never struck me as guy. Oh, we ain't going to win this game. I still thought we had enough on paper to win the game um, but yeah it wasn't so but yeah I mean we've got to think of other games as well as just hold them away mm. uh, as the, uh, the the game progressed <coughs> I mean there, there was a of, of all the corners we did have we had absolutely plenty uh, in, in the first half in particular uh, we had 16 corners altogether, <laughs> which is incredible. They had four. Uh, but we weren't really doing too much with them. I think there was one in the first half where, where Esri Konza had a header that was well saved. And then down the other end, we saw Peter Clark, and we heard on the, the highlights there, was getting in the way of everything uh, in terms of our crosses into the box and putting it behind for corners. He he, he had a, uh, a header which he, he planted against the foot of the post. And then the, the second half starts. And again, we're sort of coming out, and you know the, the chances we're having are all, are all long shots, really. I think Forster Kasky had one from, uh, from distance. Novak had one late on from distance um, and then every yeah, like I say every time we got down the side we were winning corners and I mean, this is something I remember Jackson talking about mm. I think last season yeah. saying we're, we're not really brave enough at corners and that's what it seemed like for, for a long spell on, on Tuesday night because we weren't, we weren't really creating anything from them uh, until the last 5-10 minutes mm. yeah I remember him saying that I think he said that on more than one occasion here and we uh, uh, best example of that is that Fulham game that, that you and I did Lou when it, he came on and scored straight away from a, from a corner um, I think with his first touch but yeah you know in in later stages of games here there's been plenty of times obviously I sit just just behind the uh, the goal in the north north lower and there's plenty of times we get three or four corners towards ends of games when we're chasing games there and everyone stands up and everyone thinks you know this is our chance and very rarely do we create chances from it because we, we're just not ruthless from it no one seems to attack the ball in that way that Jacko Jacko can and I don't know I I assume they work on them in in training. You you would think because it's such an obvious opportunity to create a chance, and 
you know, uh, managers like Sam Allardyce in the past get criticised for for utilising set pieces and becoming a set piece team, but actually that's a, the best chance you've got of creating a goal because you're in control of the whole play and. We, we definitely need to do more of that, particularly when you look at somewhere like Tuesday night, we're getting that many corners and we can't do anything with it. It's, it's a worry when we're also struggling to create from open play. Mm, especially when the pitch was so bad as it was on Tuesday when we are, and I know mm. that doesn't help, but it, you know, we, weren't, we just weren't creating enough from, from open play and you have to attack your set pieces better. Now, the, we, we should have had a penalty. This is probably about 15 minutes from the end of time. A cross comes over. Uh, and Chris Solly's coming in at the far post, sort of ghosting. He's clearly got the the, the wrong side of, of the man, and he's just going to tap it home. And and you can see uh, two hands in his back, and and down he goes. Now I'm, I, I'm normally when Charlton get a penalty, I'm normally very or, or get a penalty appeal. I'm always very. Oh, I don't know about that. I was I was out of my chair <laughs> screaming for a penalty because it was so blatant. And I guess uh, I mean we've we've mentioned before that Carl likes to likes to talk about the refs. And ironically, when this is the clearest penalty we should have had, this yeah. is the one where he puts his hand up and say, "Oh, you know, that shouldn't really come. I mean, it should have been a penalty, but I don't want to talk about just one aspect of the game." But you know, <coughs> I mean, he, if he did come out and talk about the ref, he would have had a point. Now, I don't know if you've seen it because I don't know if it's been on the highlights. It's been. No, I mean, but it's been you know the last few fixtures we've had sort of dodgy decisions. But this is what I said on Sunday. I said, <coughs> "Excuse me, I don't agree with it coming out and trying to play these mind games with the refs because mm. sometimes it might prove that they might go. Do you know what?" The amount you've been slating us in the press, and I ain't going to give you nothing. I don't mm. think they would. You know, that's not me saying that their, you know, their integrity is at fault or whatever. But it could play a part. You know, all these, you know, oh, you know, we don't get anything because we're cholt and no one wants us to do well. This and the other. It wouldn't surprise me if it's played against us now. But yeah, I mean, it's been, we we went ages without scoring a penalty, didn't we? And then Jacko had one at Oxford, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, mm. ages, two years or nearly two years. So it looks like we'll wait another two years for another one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so as the game goes on, I think we see we, we're seeing stuff. So we did see Holmes come on for the last half an hour or so. Um, uh, Tony Watt came on for the last ten minutes, as did Novak just a, a couple of moments later. And we, and we did see ch- a couple of chances for Watt and Novak. I think uh, Tony Watt had a sort of a shot bobbled from the edge of the box. I think that was an injury time. There was a uh, Novak having a volleys from from about twenty yards out, and there was another one where a corner went towards him near post, and he flicked it towards the far post. Uh, and I think Patrick Bauer had a header tipped over. But you get to a stage now where I mean you, you're fighting, you're fighting and battling to try and come back to a point at Oldham, which in the circumstances, if if, if we'd scored a last minute equaliser, we would have been lifted by it. But the reality is now, you know, we should, should we be the sort of team in League One that's going to a team that's sitting near the bottom and hoping to rescue a point later on, or should we be the sort of team in League One? I mean, obviously it's not going to happen every game, but it, it, you just you're just looking now at how 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 much lower expectations now are because mm. ten minutes into that game, I would have been happy with a point before that game, before the season started, and I was told we we're going away to. 20, 20th place Oldham or wherever they were at the time I'd be expecting a 3 or 4 nil win but that's just not how this season's gone at all No it's not uh, and I think that's why the majority of us now are resigned to the fact that we're going to be here for another year um, as you say at the start of the season I certainly wouldn't have taken that I think I think as Nath touched on earlier on paper our side is far too good to, to be where they are um, for once I don't necessarily want to put all of this at the owner's door but I do think that the consistent change and rotation of managers isn't helping um, because what we need now is some settled team, a settled manager and some settled tactics to just bed in and then we will start to improve. I have no doubt about that. And I said on Sunday show, if if Carl has a summer transfer window behind him and a, fo- a decent size squad for next season, I have no doubt that we'll be pushing for those, those top places. Um, but I, the question is, will he get that chance? Will he get the money to spend in the summer? Will we finally have a squad that can compete in this league? Because, again, what I said on Sunday show, I think rings true, is that if Carl had had his first eleven fit for for most of his games, we'd have done a lot better. And mm. he hasn't because the squad hasn't been big enough. Yeah, and that I mean, all the evidence points to the fact that you expect this this transfer window to go exactly the same way as the other ones. Sure. I mean, don't, I mean, look at the transfer windows under Roland de Chatelet. We've brought in some more right players, mm. but not enough, and nowhere near enough mm. good players. I mean, we we have at times brought in the likes of Johan Berggudson, who, who's gone on to do well. We've yeah. brought in Igor Vitekela, who started well. We've bought, I mean, even this window, we've bought we've bought in a couple of decent players, but not enough. No, if I mean, I, I I remember saying before the end of the transfer window that I thought 
I know, in my mind, I think I know how Roland works mid-season because Bob Peters said something when he was here that if we had a chance of pushing for the playoffs in the championship under Bob Peters, he felt that Roland would spend a bit of money. Never yeah. happened. We were in a horrible run by that by the time we got to that anyway. And I felt that this year, Roland probably looked at it as in the January transfer window, it's probably what six or seven point gap I can't remember but he probably looked at it and thought nah too much didn't bother I'll, I'll get Jake for Sikaski now because he's a decent player and, and, but not enough to not enough to make mm. that push and, and now that means that even though we did have a, a little unbeaten run where we, I mean we, we could have been but for two last minute goals we could have been quite close to the playoffs but because we we haven't didn't quite get those last minute goals and we also haven't made that extra couple of purchases to make that push and I think this season's now a write off yeah <clears throat> and we were saying before Addy went you know, we was all resigned to the fact that Addy was going to go, but we was expecting a few more to come in with the money that was mm. happening. And then you go and get rid of a Jose, and that you know, and then you br- you bring in a Loney um, in Mavadidi. He might be good. Jade Silver, I don't know what he's doing here. Is he gonna, <laughs> is he going to be used? It's a weird one. He came on and got subbed off again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, what 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 was the point in that? Do you know what I mean? What, what is he going to play? Left? He, don't, he look, doesn't look like a left back. Yeah. Is he a left winger? Use him then. Not used him. And, and that's the thing. We, we we didn't strengthen when we had the opportunity to. Not saying we didn't try, but obviously we didn't have any other backup plan because we had this, you know, miraculous marquee signing that we were going to do, with it, which faltered on the last day. Um, and it was always going to go one way if we always planned to get rid of a Jose and not bring anyone else mm. in. I don't really think what they expected us to do up front. I think the the other problem is that when we get to the summer, I think at this stage with the squad we've got, four or five extra bodies would make the difference. But the problem is we'll probably sell three or four at the start of the summer and then bring in four or five and then you're back pretty much to, to square one. What we need to do is keep the squad we've got at the moment and add to it not just replace, which is what we keep doing every transfer window. Mm. And and they've said it, and you said it yourself, Goodmanson goes out, all right, he was always going to go, and we just bring one one more in, and it's just like for like. And w- what we need is a more competitive squad, because eventually when those injuries do play their part, Ahern Grant or Kennedy or somebody of that ilk has to come in, and, and it's nothing against those players, they deserve their chance, but we can't be relying on them. Like Aribo now, Aribo's clearly a good talent, but... Should he be being forced to play week in, week out? We want to be able to protect him a little bit and just play him when we want. And we should have someone of quality that can compete for that place as well. And we just don't seem to have that. Yeah, right. Jonathan Avis says, uh, what I made of the defeat at Oldham is that uh, too many of our players are overweight. And therefore, I'm not surprised we lost. Carl's tactics are too... Uh, uh, and stifling the team's ability to outscore the opponent is so angering because I know the players are capable. When he talks about anger, I mean, I, I remember looking over the the, uh, the away end at full time, and you know, because I mean, the, there was some fight in that performance, despite the fact we didn't create chances. So that you know, if you if you stayed behind to clap the, the fans off, but you know, I, I drove up on Tuesday, and it's I, you know, it's not an issue for me because I have to be there anyway. But th- these people. Who, Pay, pay their hard-earned money to, and probably take a day or two off work and, and just go and work. I mean, we're going to Oldham on a Tuesday night and getting beaten. I mean, it's just... How have we got to this situation? Mm, I don't know. It's, it's, that's what I don't think... Um, I don't think <clears throat> I can fault the, you know, the, the effort of what they put in. I just think we're just not... Uh, try. I don't want to be, say sound bites, you know, like I'll let Cole do that. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? We just <clears throat> we're just not. We just don't seem to be doing the right, the the common sense things. Like mm. another thing that infuriated me. Say, I've only seen them a couple of times. We're struggling to score goals. We've just loaned out a kid to Derry who bangs him in for fun. Not saying he's going to come and do that in the first team. Give him a go. Mm. Why mm. have big nose there? Give him give give him a go. What's it What's it going to What's it going to harm? Giving Kennedy a little run out. Nothing. Last time he came in in the first team, banged yeah. banged one in against Peterborough, didn't he? In the yeah. cup. Yeah, he did, yeah. Give him a go. Right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll come on a bit more to Mikhail Kennedy later on. Uh, Mark Crome says, "Great show as always, chaps. All this breaking down of individual ga- individual games is not needed." Uh, we'd have nothing to talk about then. <laughs> uh, where are where we we are where we are because of lack of organisation and squad depth, an issue created by the fact that our top six budget has been hamstrung by the regime's previously cost uh, previous costly mistakes and signings and managers. What chance do we re- did we really have of making the playoffs when we barely had a senior goalkeeper a few days before the start of the season? Also, a reminder. Uh, to most people, you still have to win a two-legged semi-final and a final to go up. Who honestly thinks we have a side capable of that if we were to get into the uh, into the playoffs? Right, I tweeted out asking um, what people think of the uh, 
playoff chances and Kevin says not sure they were ever in reach not put a decent run together and not, and not won three games in a row this season and uh, Glove Pup said he agrees that we are lacking squad depth now um, it was unusual on uh, on Tuesday night and the fact that uh, Carl actually took about 40 minutes to come out and speak to us he, he's normally a fair bit quicker um, but I think he was uh, but it explains why it was a bit later in his uh, in his interview here he spoke to uh, well me and Terry were there as well but Phil Parry from BBC Radio London uh, he, he covered pretty much everything, so it's just an interview between Phil and Carl Robinson. Uh, well, Carl, um, maybe the, we were just discussing it. Uh, first 15 seconds, if, <laughs> if that had gone in, it would have been a different story, wouldn't it? Do you know what? We speak about this quite a lot. I think uh, um, I won 1-0 at home to Fleetwood. Tony's one that went over the bar from six yards out. We speak the other day about 1-0 up away at Wimbledon and Lee Novak's sitter. And 0-0 here, Josh's one as well, were... I don't think we score. Every time we score two goals, I think we win a game. But we don't do it enough. And, and it's not like tonight we've not had chances. We've, I think we've dominated territorially. I think we've... And it's no point just playing football for the sake of it. We've created a number of opportunities. And we didn't hit the target. We didn't make the keeper make enough saves. That's amazing. That just, there's a, I just said to the players in there, there's one or two things a question. Um, and I just asked them, to be honest, to, to come to me if there's a problem with what's been before or what's going to be in the future or what's not right and wrong I don't think they have any excuses but if they want to, if they, if they want to come and speak to me and tell me what is right and wrong come and see me but expect that back in reverse um, I think I've got a real honest group of people I don't think tonight there's a lack of running around the pitch and making tackles I think that was certainly clear for all to see but we just don't look like I think the word for me at the moment is ruthless. Ruthless. Mm. And I always remember playing as Charlton Athletic. <laughs> you knew you couldn't miss a chance. You knew you couldn't miss, because if they got one, you knew they would score. And it looks to me at the moment, and, and that's not just strikers, by the way, that's set, how many headers do we win from set pieces and not take them chances? So it's not just the strikers, it's in, it's in the box. We just don't look ruthless. And, and that's got to be improved. And do you know what? It's. I think he just said to him in there. Look at yourself and, and ask yourself what it takes to be here. Not necessarily excuses, but mitigation. Did you think you should have had a penalty? <laughs> yeah, but I seem to be every week becoming like a broken record. Um, it's a blatant penalty. I think the fans behind the goal could see that. Souls have stopped. He's pushed him in the back, and it's as blatant as it gets. Um, but it seems to be the case. It was Jordan Matakas, the one with handball on Saturday. That was a penalty. Mm. But I thought the referee overall refereed quite well tonight. I thought he was quite straight and honest. He, he let a good old tackle go. Mm. Um, that's the only one he probably missed, and it's a, it's a crucial one. But I, I can't come to you and start putting your fingers at what a, a one aspect of the game. There's, there's there's bigger issues than that, and they've got to be dug out. This thing. I know what the, I know what needs to happen. Sometimes I can't be honest with you and tell you what I think because mm. I need to get the group competing. Um, but I certainly know. Mm. I certainly what will it take? What, I mean, you, <laughs> not not what you know what you need to do, but what what does it take? Does it sometimes take a little bit of luck? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, I think in any walk of life, I think this is the time that you got promoted out of league. One of the certain games that you look back on that you go on, and we had a little bit of luck there. I remember when I got promoted, with, I've been promoted a few times um, with MK. That remember going from League Two to One and One to the Championship, and there was aspects of games when we we, we were poor and we won one nil. You think, how did that happen? And you need that sometimes. We're at the moment playing better. We're playing better. We're looking more attacking, looking more offensive but not getting any more than one goal. Mm. So, it's, it's got to drop to his right, we've got to take it up to The kids finish. <laughs> I've never seen him do that. I've, we said to Jake, make sure you press him down the line that right foot, and he almost did. And I don't know how he was, the outside of his right foot in the far corner, it's yeah. an unbelievable finish. And everything people seem to hit at the moment seems to be going in. don't think Dex had to make too many saves. In three games, there's probably, I don't think there's a double figure shot on target. Still a third of the season to go. Is the top six still a target? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's harder, eh? but we can't keep saying that. Mm. We can't. Oh, this will be okay. This will be okay. I know what I need to do, and it's just a little bit. 
you can see the frustration I know what I need to do and I've got to make sure that we do it in the right way um, and people have to show that they are going to dedicate their lives to this football club for the last day of the season and that's what they have to do do you know what one thing I can say about the players they're a real good group they're a real honest group they work hard every day it's just sometimes they're now in certain areas to, to do and don't forget we've got a young Joe Rebo who's still learning the game every concert still learning the game so we're not like other teams we've got young kids in the team that are learning Steffi making his debut today they're learning and, and they're growing and growing and growing um, and if I can keep the group strong and together these players next season will be um, the best players but we've got to go through sometimes that and I know this club's done it many times with young players they've, they've bred them and sometimes they've lost games with them and they've not had that little bit of luck with the young players and it, we've got to make sure that we stick behind them and they're a real like I say, keep saying keep repeating myself but they're a real honest group they're, they're hurting there I thought oh, this is the first time I've took 35-40 minutes to come and speak to you because mm. it was about talking and about asking questions not shouting ranting and raving I've done that a few times so I'm not going to start a broken record they're sometimes being softer and asking a little bit deeper questions a little bit rawer questions in a calm way might have a bigger effect 
Well, Amy, I gave you uh, your, your presents this morning, of course, your little, little present, little card, and uh, take you on this lovely trip to Oldham. But the treats keep coming. What am I treating you to now? Uh, uh, well, the road. The road, the M6 toll road, the Midlands Expressway. Uh, designed purely so you don't have to go through the indignity of going through Birmingham. <laughs> Plus a little bit extra, but anything for you on this special day on your trip to Oldham. Thank you. Well, so four hours later, here we are in beautiful Oldham. Uh, hotel's actually all right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're happy? Is this, is, this what, is this what you dreamt of when I told you you were being whisked away for a, for a <laughs> Valentine's Day evening? Definitely. What do you make of the town of Oldham as a whole? Um, similar to what the woman at Scunthorpe said, I think. Mean. <laughs> oh dear, so you're not impressed. Mm-hmm. No, but they did give us biscuits. That's all we need. Are you excited for the match? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? What do you reckon? Let's is... uh, hope there's no uh, last minute equaliser. Well, obviously, it's definitely going to happen, though, is it? But... Here we are, in a Boundary Park, Haynes. Uh, lovely stadium, isn't it? A bit yeah. old-fashioned. Beautiful, yeah. yeah, and obviously I've, I've splashed out since we got I got you a nice bottle of Coke and a Mars bar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was free. Shut up. You're not supposed to tell them. <laughs> and uh, are you feeling, feeling confident having seen the team line up for changes? Uh, I feel strangely confident, but I said that before AFC Wimbledon, so, um, yeah. Nobody on radio, I'll grant you. Uh, and the other flag is uh, Mr Wade and uh, the fourth official is Mr Moore. Uh, now, at this point, I'd normally uh, turn to my cohort, my partner in crime, Greg Stubbley, and ask him what he thought of that side. Can't do that, because I'm flying solo this evening, uh, all on my own, although I do have support up in the in the upper echelons of the Sports Direct Com Stadium. Uh, I've got uh, Louie and Amy beside me, uh, but Amy's flatly refused to help out in the commentary, so I'm on my own. Um, <laughs> now she's looking at me funny, I mentioned her at all. Goes back into the middle, it's a step shot, and it's found the back of the net, and the... Left-hand corner, I'm trying to see who struck it, it could well have been Banks. Charlton have succumbed to a 1-0 defeat here. So just before midnight, five minutes left of Valentine's Day, a disappointing 1-0 defeat at Boundary Park, Amy, as uh, Valentine's Day lived up to everything I promised. Promised it would be. Uh, it's been splendid. No sarcasm. Yeah. What did you think of the, the game? I wish there had been a last-minute equaliser, <laughs> and I might be smiling. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Great home run. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Cousins to the post. Yeah! That's good to Come on! With a goal yeah! in the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Talking about Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. I uh, hope you enjoyed my little <laughs> Valentine's Day diary, just let you know. So, see, it is possible to take a woman to, uh, obviously, any woman can like enjoy football <laughs> anyway, but to, to, to treat your lady to a, a night in Oldham, on the, you don't have to spend big money, <coughs> Valentine's Day. She's a lucky, lucky lady. Just take, mm. her, just take her to Oldham. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, club news. We need a jingle for that, really, don't we? Um, Kevin Nugent's left. Big, big Nuge. Yeah, pay attention, mate. <laughs> no, I'm joking. David Nugent. Was he going to Coventry? <laughs> he's gone to uh, Barnet. He is the new uh, first, uh, was it head coach, they call it, over there at Barnet. He's a, he's a, new, a new gaffer at Barnet. He's probably once uh, Russell left, he's, his time at the club mm. was pretty much up, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was pleased he stayed on for a little bit of consistency. Um, and I thought he did all right in his little spell uh, in between. But yeah, I think him and Slade obviously... Uh, he was here because Slade was so once that that happened um, I think he always was probably looking for the right job to leave but leaves the door open for a certain Carol Fry doesn't it if, if he fancies <laughs> a little trip back or I don't know someone someone from the network no doubt will fill that void Luzon's gone in McCarthy, fair, isn't he yeah it's hardly a void for, for Nuzo we had so many coaches on that bench True. Didn't we? yeah we had to build an extension yeah if anything just yeah, yeah gives them yeah. a bit more space yeah I mean it's, it's, it's one of those ones where I get uh, people sort of um, I, I saw some people even calling for him to be made the manager after he won mm. a couple. Uh, after he won his uh, two of eight, out of his three games as the caretaker manager, but you know, obviously he's going to move on. But I guess he goes with his best wishes, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's not his first managerial job. But um, Barnet's probably a club that's hopefully on the up now. They've got a new stadium. They've, they've come back up for, into the football league over the last couple of years. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll be somewhere where he can sort of uh, you know progress. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, as you say, he's uh, he's been with. Uh, under Russell Slade at a few clubs hasn't he so 
although he may have had a, a managerial stint in the past this is his chance as you say with a club that's hopefully on the up for him to, to progress I've certainly not got anything bad to say about him um, as much the same with Carl really now I see a lot of people criticising him after the, the loss on Tuesday I don't think he's the enemy I think spoken about it plenty of times I think a lot of the time the manager's doing the best job they can given the circumstances and, and Nugent was the same he got us a good couple of wins in the, that little interim period and um, yeah good luck to him we're not allowed to say interim on this show oh, yeah. uh, so that was uh, caretaker <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh, Kevin Nugent's gone off to join uh, Barnet now Nick, you alluded to this earlier but Mikhail Kennedy's uh, he's gone to join his hometown club uh, Derry, uh, on, yeah, Derry, Madness. Derry City on there. Now you're not happy. He's tw- twenty years old. He's something. He scored one goal for the first team up at Peterborough mm. on his his full debut. He scored after about two minutes in the uh, Coca. What's it called? The Carling Cup or the yeah, whatever the liquid cup, cup yeah. it is. That was a, that was the day we played our youngest ever side, wasn't it? Yeah, and and he got us off to a, off to a flying start in that one. Now, um, <coughs> so, so you know, you, you seem pretty unhappy that, that he's been let go because I remember. <laughs> I think it was Mark the Taxi tweeted me ju- during the week saying. Put it to uh, put it to to Carl. Why isn't Kennedy getting in the squad? But before you get a chance, he's he's gone off to uh, to to Ireland. Mm. I mean, yeah. To be fair, he's probably doing it to get first team football instead of the under twenty threes. You know, for his development. Okay, fine. But I don't see if we're struggling to score a goal, and we've got strikers that are not being horrible, but can't hit a bar door with a banjo, and you've got a kid, yeah, under twenty threes or not, he's banging them in. He's got what? Like, didn't he get at trick or something the other day and the week before or something stupid? He's like in like goal scoring form. It's like it's not like it's just like a, a random striker I've got the other. But I just think if someone's in form, their confidence is they'll try anything. Put him in. Put him on. Yeah. What, what, what are you going to lose? We've, we're sitting at thirteenth. It's not like we're in a relegation fight. It's not like we're top of the league. Give him a go. What's the worst that's going to happen? But what you will say is, I guess Cole's, Cole's never really been. I mean, sometimes <coughs> forced really at this club, but he's never really been standoffish in terms of promoting youth players mm. so you do wonder if he's seen if he hasn't quite seen enough yet from Mikhail Kennedy yeah. I mean often players bang him in for the youth team I think Piggott used to do that quite a lot I think between them Hanlon and uh, uh, Umera probably scored a fair few goals for the youth team and then didn't really make the step up obviously Hanlon's on loan out of Bromley now and he's scoring he's scoring a fair few goals from what I'm reading mm. he's looking quite good at that yeah. level but so is Charles Cook and yeah, yeah Riggan, Charles Cook and, and I believe it's Charles Cook versus Hanlon on Saturday because Bromley are taking on Solihull mm. should be interesting but um, you Often, or sometimes, you've seen that form in the under twenty threes doesn't make doesn't mean you're going to play well in the first team. So no. you just wonder if there's something that Carl's seeing in training that that makes him, you know, not quite ready to to throw Mikhail Kennedy in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's hard because I know like sometimes they don't work like Pigger and you know, and to an extent, Hearn Grant and that. But Lookman done the same, you know. Lookman banged them in and he gave a gave him a go and they they sink or swim. But I think you give I think you give youth chance, but in the right situation. And I think now. Now we're not going to go up or down. I think it's the right time. You know, we're not in a struggling side in terms of like we were last year. Mm. You know, and and we're not top of the league. So I think it's perfect time, don't you think? Like, just and I think like instead of just putting them in because you got to because of injuries and then bombing them out. If with someone like Kennedy, I don't know, you got what ten, thirteen games left of the season. Just say to him, look, you're going to have a run now. Mm. We're not going up or down. Have those ten games. See how you get on. And if he does well, it then builds, and he's got pre-season with the first team, and then into a more secure spot next season. That's what I would have liked to have seen. But you say about giving him a chance, and we spoke on Sunday about giving four-four-two a chance as well, yeah. and, and mixing those strikers up. And I think this is this is the period of the season now where we can afford to do that because, uh, as you say, we don't seem to be playing for anything. So why not try these things out and see? Because whatever we're doing at the moment isn't isn't quite working. You might be strangely surprised on how well it works. Yeah, yeah they don't work. What if you pick four four two? Pick Kennedy up front and we win three 0 But, but like, Ken- Kennedy can play behind us, right? You play out yeah. wide as well. So it's not like he's a, he's a no. an Ahern Grant where he plays on the shoulder. He's a different sort mm. of fit. like a Mavadidi in a way, but. You know, but anyway, he's gone to Derry and he's going to get first team game. So hopefully, he carries on and then yeah. um, comes back in the summer all nice and refreshed. Yeah, so that's Mikhail Kennedy gone on loan to Derry City until the end of the season. Now on Monday evening, uh, Nathan, you sent this story to us on on our little WhatsApp group and uh, mm. sort of read it and immediately recognised uh, the, the the girl involved because I think she's a, sort of like a friend of one of our group and, mm. and she's been in the pub at the same time as us. But uh, Becky Oxley, who um, uh, very sadly lost her father, Ian, um, I think it was last year. And uh, reading in the story, it sort of says that she um, uh, she she was sort of forced into debt from the um, from from the funeral costs. And the Chant fans, as you'd expect, Nave came together and did did exactly the right thing. 
Yeah, um, it was, uh, when was it? Wednesday, was it? Was it was, it was yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday morning Tuesday I woke up, yeah. yeah, and saw it. And then, um, so there was there was something that went on about on, um, on Twitter from uh, Cabbles, I can't remember his name, I think it's Rob, I think, sorry if it's wrong, but um, yeah, it's Cabbles, he's same on Charlton Life as well, actually. Um, and I see, he noticed that the Daily Mail put out a, a column about her, or an article about it, um, and I recognised her straight away, and he didn't know who she was, so he was trying to get in contact to find out if anyone knew who she was, so we can... See if we could, if he or the other someone else from Charlton Life could set up a Just Given page. And it, I contacted him, told him, I, said, I, I, I spoke to Becky, and um, someone already got in contact with her, which was great. And she had a Just Given page, and yeah, so she, she she's working like every hour under Sunday at the moment. And you know, she lost a nan, and you know, obviously her dad, and she just came out of hospital as well. Um, so it's been a pretty turbulent time for her, and. She was literally lumbered with like all the debt because you know there wasn't no money to be had, and um, she didn't choose. And through the goodwill of Cholton people, which is always the case, a just giving page was set up late, late at night. I think it was around about half ten or something like that. I went to bed and there was thirty quid in a the pot. There's three of us that put money in, um, and I woke up in the morning, looked looked at it again at around about nine in the morning and the the target of £2,900 which co- covers the costs of the funeral was, was raised within under 12 hours which is yeah. considering you have a, a night as well so early hours in the morning to get that is a phenomenal one and today it was at 4200 Um so it surpassed the uh, target so I think hopefully the extra money can sort of help Becky with her studies and stuff because I think she's trying to be a nurse I think I could be wrong um, so yeah, it was just a you know there's a there's a thread on it on Charlton Life as well you know anyone who because she's reading that now she wasn't before so any anyone who has a, sort of memories of her dad and that um, it's all on there to see but it's just a it just wanted to say a massive thanks to everyone who's donated because it was it was truly remarkable and how quick it was done yeah it's absolutely amazing and um, Becky's absolutely emotional as you could understand because she never expected it in a million yeah. years excellent stuff so excellent work by the uh, the Charlton fans well I've got a quick break we've got a couple of uh, emails. And, and tweets to discuss uh, and then we'll look ahead to Rochdale Jose's cut out by Townsend. It'll fall to Lookman. Good touch on Lookman on his left foot. Adamo Lookman! Oh, oh, goal! Adamo Lookman! What a belter! That's an absolute worldie from Adamo Lookman. Picks it out. It's a clearance from Townsend. Fell to Lookman on the edge of the box. Cuts in on his left foot. Goes for the goal. And finds the top corner, top left corner. Leave Daniels with no chance. Lookman with an absolute stunner in the FA Cup. So since Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio, the big match preview. Uh, right, in during uh, this afternoon, I had a, a message from Dan Farmer, uh, and then I had a message from Justin Robson as well on Twitter, and that, and they both sort of touched on the same sort of um, sort of subject. So I thought I'd read them both out. Now, so this one, first one's from Dan. Uh, says I've had enough of it. I will be going to home games only from now on, but only because I have a season ticket. After this season, we'll probably walk away unless something changes. I.e., Roland sells, and we can come back together as a fan base. I love Charlton, but what's happening is breaking my heart, and can't be bothered with any of it. Uh, now I said I'll see out the last few home games, and then I'm done. A lot of people I know are the same. It's a shame, really. Less season tickets next year. Soon we'll only have a few thousand in the ground. Cheers, man. And he talked about there about coming together as a fan base because that's something that. You know, we've seen split here, and I've seen an- another message here from Justin uh, Justin Robson. He says, uh, "Just going to put this out there, but I'm quite frankly fed up of just how split our fan base is now. It's got to the point where I'm cautious of approaching other Charlton fans, just in case there's arguments like we see every day on every website, forum, and app over the pro and anti uh, Roland opinions." Uh, the end of the day they're all just opinions there's no right or wrong answer to these what matters is people respect each other's thoughts instead of arguing educate instead of slagging each other off discuss your reasons and respect the opinions uh, we all support Charlton Athletics some are pro cards some are not some are pro Roland some are not uh, but we still support the same team. Having a different opinion doesn't change that. So please, can we have less of this nonsense about people wanting the club to fail? Less of this nonsense, I'll have to change a few words here, <laughs> about uh, not being real supporters, because let's face it, we all want the same thing, and that's for Cholton to succeed. And we see it, I mean, you know, we get emails from, from both camps on the show, and um, we, we always try and read out everyone, everyone's emails and everyone's views, but you do, you, we do see it, it's online, it's on... It's on the forum. I don't. I may, maybe even in the ground. I don't even know. But it's, yeah, I've seen it in the ground. Yeah, well. divisions between the fan bases. It's just crap. It's uh, yeah, it is. And I, I saw that that post. I think yesterday and thought it was brilliant. And it, 
and it's true and, and we've said it time and time again on this show that we do all need to to pull together and the divisions in the fan base are, are the worst thing that, that can be happening and a lot of it is fueled by by what's been said by by the ownership um the rest of it's fueled by the way the ownership have, have led this club over the last three years or so and the, the one thing we all need to do is stick together because as the message that card have put out from the very start says we'll be here long after they're gone and you want to be able to all come together and, and be able to discuss Charlton. You know, even with new owners, we might have brilliant owners who take us to the Premier League one day. There's still going to be people who aren't happy for, for one reason or another. There's always going to be those differences, but debating it is fine. But straight after games, particularly when emotions are running high, you say the slightest thing one way or the other and people pick up on it and they're quick to criticise. And that's just not, not really the way to go because that's what's kind of tearing the club apart, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's only certainly not helping with all the arguments it's just it's just boring as well really yeah. i mean you can have you can have debates but without resorting to name calling and that sort of stuff and aggravation i don't really you know, don't like to see that dan basham also tweeted us earlier saying uh, things aren't great right now but who would be happy to give carl robinson another season or even two mm. to build a squad to go up he did vote for it and um you know the, the most people said we need to give him the time required only 13 percent of people said uh, sack him 34% said uh, one more year uh, 9% said two more years but yeah, 44% saying uh, the time required so <clears throat> so um, you know what your views on that I mean I'm, I'm certainly in that we need some stability and I like the way that I like some of the business that Carl's done and if he can try and do some more of that sort of business in summer mm-hmm. then I'll be more than happy with that obviously we talked about whether he's going to be allowed to or not but it, it'd be crazy to sack him now so that we probably will <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> yeah, no, I think I don't. You know, as, as much as I, you know, respect people's opinion on who who, who think you should be sacked, I don't think it's going to help a lot because then we say it all the time: you get a new manager in, you know, and then he's going to have his new methods, he's going to bring his players in, he's going to have to bring his backroom staff, and he's going to have to make the squad play the way that he wants to play. And the results aren't instant. You know, what happens if the next manager is worse than the well by what he's done mm. so far? Do you just sack him as well? Do you just keep sacking people until? They literally win every game 5-0. Um, it doesn't work for me. I, I think you give Cole, and I'll give him another year. I'll give him another two. I just think, like you said, I think he needs stability. And I think with the right, we've got a good squad. Tom said it earlier, we've got a good squad. A couple of additions and keeping some of the nucleus in there, I think we'll be fine. I really do. But we just don't have the confidence, <coughs> unfortunately, that that's going to happen. No, we don't. This is the bad thing, yeah. I've had a season ticket. This is only my second season of, of a season ticket. I think I've seen, if you include Kevin Nugent and Carol Fry, I've seen six managers <laughs> in, two, in not even two full seasons. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not expecting some Arsene Wenger 20-odd years. You know, Back stim. Yeah. Yeah. Fam. 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 Blood. But, uh, <laughs> Arsene Blood can't <laughs> He's a dinosaur blood. <laughs> I should have, shouldn't have mentioned it, should I? <laughs> But uh, just any sort of stability, we just haven't had it. Chris, Chris Powell's the last time he really did, uh, and look w- what happened mm. then. And okay, it's not maybe never going to be the same as that again. But just leave Carl alone. Just let him get on with his job because he's a football manager. That's what he's paid to do. Just let him do it, and, and we'll be fine. If if he can, we'll be all right. But he just won't, and he'll interfere, and the whole circle starts again. Uh, well, there we go. So that's Dan Basham's uh, tweet earlier. Thanks for your tweet, Dan, and to Dan Farmer as well, and then to uh, Justin, who sent us messages there for stuff to discuss. We've also had a uh, press release from Card, uh, like a well-oiled machine, Card. Are. They, they've got a press department, and they've sent us a press release, which I'm sure they, they send to other people as well. We, we're not special. Oh. But we get it, which is nice, isn't it? Well, that still counts. Yeah. Uh, this one says, more than 200 Charlton fans are set to make the 500-mile round trip to protest against the club's owner, Roland Duchatelet, in his hometown of St. Trudent, Belgium, next month. Supporters will travel by coach, ferry, plane and train and car on Saturday, March the 4th, to join the uni- uh, Unity protest, which is being jointly organised by the Coalition Against Roland Duchatelet, the Belgian 20, and Women Against the Regime. The card spokesperson said the initial response had already gone beyond expectation. At this stage, we're confident that Having 200 Charlton fans in Centurion, nearly half of that number have already paid £25 uh, to travel by coach. But it's very difficult to put a tra- uh, figure on those travelling independently, said the spokesperson. We know there are a lot making their own way and maybe a majority. And more coach bookings are coming in every day. We're committed to two coaches, but it's quite possible that we will need to put on more. And if that's the case, we will do. Uh, coaches are picking up at Charlton, Ebsley, Inter- uh, Charlton, Ebsley International Rail Station and at Folkestone. 
with one returning the same day and the other staying overnight. Fans plan to rally in the town square before marching to St. Trudent Football Stadium, staying, uh, where a further protest is planned. The club is also owned by Du Chatelet. The organisers have made provision for a buffet to arrive uh, on arrival to serve 100 people, as well as a set from Charlton Protest Group. The uh, the two percent. So that goes on now. I'm sorry we'll be able to find that on uh, on the car Twitter as well. But I mean, two hundred. That's incredible. Mm. I, I don't think we took two hundred to Oldham on Tuesday. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe just about that. That's an incredible amount of Charlton fans are going to go all that way to Belgium. Yeah, no, it's good on them. You know, if, um, obviously I can't go. I'll be up in uh, Northampton. More Northampton with you boys. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's obviously taken some weight. I knew it was happening, and I, if I'm honest, I didn't think. Well, I didn't envisage there'd be 200 people. I thought it was going to be like it was last time, maybe, you know, 50, 75. But 200 is quite a, like some sort of army out there, isn't you? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we, said it, we, said, we spoke about it before, but, you know, it'd be interesting how it all unfolds. Um, I don't know what they've, exactly what they've got planned, but um, hmm. I'll be following it closely where we will be on the on the train, having our um, Evian waters. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to drink on the train, it's fine. Oh, are you? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting confused myself. with the coach. Yeah. <laughs> Get the tequilas in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Right, time to look ahead. Saturday's game, Rochdale. You oh. two are up on the coach, yeah? Yeah, we're on the coach. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. You're going to do a video diary for us, though, so you can try and make it as romantic as my Valentine's Day one, please. Do I need to shave? Yeah. You like a bit of rough and ready bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I look for in a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Dutton's going to says Hi all circumstances have led to the Rochdale match being my first Charlton away match outside of London God knows why but I'm really looking forward to it My wife thinks I'm bonkers uh, but I think it's our last chance Three points and we can cling on to the dream Nathan, uh, for a few days at least <laughs> lose and it's season over I think we've lacked a finisher and someone to get control of the midfield oh and we really miss Jason Pierce. says cheers Jim he said maybe uh, maybe he'll see us up there so hopefully we, we will see you up there Jim um, so Rochdale I mean if you look at them, their most recent results, where they had that mass, that really good spell, because you remember they started the season a bit sloppy, then they had a really good spell, where I think they were one of the teams that averaged two points a game for over 20, when I was doing all those stats a little while ago. But now they've just sort of tailed off, so they, they, um, they've lost their last few. The fact they haven't won since uh, the FA Cup third round uh, Saturday, the 7th of January, by the looks of it, they beat Barrow 2-0 and, uh, away from home before that, they beat Warsaw. So they're on a little 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, six game winless run now. Uh, which hopefully will start to play in, into our hands, really. I mean, we said that about Oldham as well. Yeah, I think um, if we'd have got two or three wins from those last few games, which we we very nearly did, I, I'd have a lot more confidence going to this one. Having said that, at some point, our, I don't want to say luck, because that sounds like we've just been unlucky, and we haven't. We, we, we've You know, the results have been fair enough, but... Not finished, no chance. Yeah, exactly. If that can change, then... You know, we could easily run out. You know, two or three nil winners. Uh, I have no doubt about that because us, this squad's got got it in it in them. Um, it's going to be a tough game because, despite the fact that they've been on a bad run of form, we've seen what they can do. Um, I think we're pretty much both a couple of places above us, aren't they? I think. But uh, as Jim Dutton said, there we get a win and all this negativity and us saying playoffs over. If we get a win and a few other results go the way, we're suddenly looking and thinking, oh. Maybe, which is what I think me and Nave said on Sunday show. Every time we come in on a Thursday, we think, well, let's look positive, <laughs> let's look positive again. It's probably because probably it's Friday tomorrow. We're like, yeah, yes. yeah, we're yeah. In a good mood. But I mean, how, how big of a psychological blow is it now that we're, whereas yeah. we're looking at six points and we're looking at oh, those games in hand would be two points, blah, blah, blah. But now, now the gap's extended to nine points as a psychological blow. Is, is that going to affect the team? Uh, it could do. It could, t- you know. Does it take the pressure off in a way? Um, it'll go one of two ways. You'll either people will just be, you know, it's done now, nothing Shackles to play off. for, yeah, and then they'll just be just l- moping about, or you'll have, like you said, it'll be the other way, just play with a bit of freedom. That's what you hope. You, you play two, like play three games with a bit of freedom. Who knows what happens? You win three games. Who knows what's going to happen? And then it all changes. But yeah. again, it's it's all going to come down to. Um, how we how we are in front of goal? I think on Saturday. Just in the wider world of football, um, Spurs have just been beaten one 0 by Ghent, like Ghent Belgian team. Yeah, but I just seen Thomas Drewson, the uh, the Charlton scout, uh, chief I've, scout, head scout. Well, I, assistant I've, manager. I've been told he's not involved as much <laughs> with Charlton at the moment. He's still in the network right. very much, though. But I mean, that's come from the horse's mouth. So I mean, how true that is. But um, uh, uh, Thomas just tweeted Ghent. One Spurs nil, St. Trudent three, Ghent one with smiley faces. So if it makes you only feel, feel any better, the network is be- has beaten a team that beat Spurs in the, <laughs> in the Champions League. Right, I mean, 
rotation-wise, I mean, Ricky Holmes didn't start on Tuesday. We're going to start him now because is, is was that his rest? He came on for half an hour or so. Is that was that his rest? I, I'd hope to. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he probably will. Um, on the other side, I don't know. Is, is, is Page, Page yeah. back or Burn? Well, so Page, Page could have been back on could he? Tuesday, but yeah. he didn't didn't uh, play. I'm not you, sure what that was. If you get finally get Page back and he gets a whole game through, then you've got Burn or Chickson or Bataka or mm. this oh. Mavadidi or Holmes. So you've got five wingers to play. Yeah. And then Holmes or Burn either side. Or either yeah. side Another question is Ooh. whether um, whether Konza stays at the back or just to share a comeback in. Uh, I think yeah, yeah. I think you'll probably freshen it. I think you'll probably put. I think he'll try if he can and try and put Conza back in with yeah. with Joe uh, Aribo oh, do you think? I think. Yeah. I think he'll go Crofts for Stokaski and Aribo uh, in the middle and then Conza mm. back four oh yeah JF, uh, JFC yeah. So, uh, Overstad you never talk- know <laughs> no we're talking <laughs> like we've got a few options <laughs> no. there to dream yeah. <laughs> we are talking like we've actually got a few options now which is mm. nice to hear yeah, I hope with finally. these players gradually coming back but obviously it depends how many minutes he's willing to give players mm. with this amount of games that we've got uh, coming up right let's have some uh, some predictions oh, uh, Mr Tom Wallin uh, oh, do you not want to go first no, no I always I'll, I'll say, well I did say 0-0 or 1-0 last week I'll give it that so with our goal scoring form I'm going to go 0-0 0-0 0 or 1-0 that's what I'm going to go uh, I'll go I think we'll I think we'll win oh, 1-0 Probably because uh, Rochdale haven't scored in five games. There you go. So they're going to win 10-0 or something. It's going to be like a 5-0 or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Mark, uh, uh, Mark Newby just tweeted in, Good God, Louis, the woman's a saint for that Valentine's trip. Uh, what's wrong with going to Paris? Well, Charlton don't play Paris, luckily, because they beat Barcelona. We've been trounced mm. by them. Uh, right, you have been listening to Charlton Live and the big match preview. Don't forget, on Sunday evening, we'll be back here at the Valley. Uh, so, you, so you can come in. You guys could probably come in actually, if you're going if you're going all the way up there. As long as you're not too uh, might be around too uh, tired from your, your long coach journey. If mm. you if you so you can join us here on Maritime Radio at seven o'clock on Sunday evening as we look back at whatever happens at Rochdale. Uh, don't forget you can catch all of our shows on uh, on, on po- as podcast. The Acast podcast app is the best one to download. If you get Acast, uh, download that app and you can just search for Charlton Live on there. If you use that app. Basically, you don't have to pay nothing, but we get a little bit of money. Whereas if you go through iTunes, we get nothing, nothing, mm. and uh, we want to buy stuff. Uh, so, so download the uh, the Acast app if you could, uh, please. Uh, otherwise, you can also stream all of our shows uh, after the event on our website, www.chaltonlive.co.uk. But this has been the Big Match Preview. Tom Wallin, thank you for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Uh, Nathan Muller thank you very much come and say hello on a coach if you see me on tour on Saturday yeah no don't try and stay away um, <laughs> I'll give you a Jaeger I know we're not allowed to drink <laughs> <laughs> never mind uh, Tom and Nathan are going to do a video diary for us on, of their away day so look forward for that on Charlton Live Twitter at Charlton Live uh, on Saturday right, I've been Louis Mendes this has been the big match for you thank you for listening let's hope them addicts can get their playoff <laughs> playoff uh, charge back on track on Saturday we'll see you then <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.